Welcome to the Coaching York podcast. To find out more about our offers and services, and to make suggestions for subjects that you'd like us to cover, go to coachingyork.co.uk. That's coachingyork.co.uk. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us and nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct to the other way. In short, the period was so far like the present time that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on its being received for good or for evil in this superlative degree of comparison only. Thank you, Jeff. And what a great introduction uh, for our listeners there, a little bit of uh, Charles Dickens. Um, so hello uh, from me, Fiona Smith. And from me, Jeff Ashton. As you might possibly have guessed from that, we are, today we're, we're, we're continuing our, our conversations around time using various analogies and quotes, uh, extracts to uh, to explore time and, and, and think about it in different ways that, that can help us to uh, look at how we're choosing to spend our time, reflect on what we're doing and think about what we want to do going forward. So in our previous pod, we were thinking about chronological time and the ancient Greeks had a word for that, which was chronos. We also mentioned that they had another word for time, which was kairos, which was more about the significance we attach to time, uh, be that moments of time, seasons of time or epochs of time. And that quote from Charles Dickens is one of the most famous reflections on Kairos time in English literature. Today, we're going to have a think about this other kind of time and where it comes up in our coaching conversations and different ways we can help people work with it. So I know that this is a really important thing for you, Jeff, when you're you're working with your your clients as a coach. Would you like to tell us a bit more about your thoughts on it? Yeah, thank you. Love to. I, I find this uh, a really helpful idea when working with all kinds of people. Uh, it's obviously useful for people, say, in I don't know, mid-career, thinking about change, or even at the end of their careers, thinking about life after full-time work. I've also found it useful working with groups of final year undergraduates and postgraduate students from the UK and abroad as they're thinking about their futures. And I think we can use this idea of Kairos time both as a way of getting a better understanding of what's happening now in our phase of life, and as a use and to use it as a as a framework for planning towards the future and to do that we can use it to help us make sense of our past okay um there was a quote from a client on your website from a university lecturer ian and he said i i keep quoting to friends jeff's summary this is a classic case of the job you signed up for doesn't exist anymore and that hit the nail on the head and, and crystallized my decision. Sometimes it takes a third party to see these things clearly. At the end of my session, I felt not just clarified, but confident and even uplifted. So respecting the, the bounds of confidentiality, Jeff, is, uh, is there more you can tell us about that, that word that you did with Ian? I can tell you a little bit more. Yeah. The operative phrase in the quote is classic case. Uh, because Ian's experience wasn't unusual. And for Ian, the specific question was about whether or not it was time for him to retire in his work as a university lecturer. 
And for other people, it could be about leaving a role or a post, about moving, about uh, just, just making some significant change. But the dynamic that comes up again and again it, that I've found is that, that people can go into a job or a career and that involves for them certain activities and outcomes. And over a period of time, these changed. And it becomes difficult where the change involves them doing less of what motivates them and what they're good at and more of activities that are less fulfilling or that make demands outside of their strongest skill set. So Ian's summary is the job I was recruited for isn't the job I was doing because it, it, it had changed, it had been reconfigured. Uh, for other people, it's the organisation. One ex-colleague uh, said that he was ready to leave because this ain't the club I joined, as he put it. So it's those those external changes which make you realise that um, something, a, a, a new phase of life is perhaps emerging and perhaps it's time to move and do something else. Yeah, and um, interesting when you think in that context about certainly in a, a large corporate environment, the number of times corporations go through strategic rethinks, strategic changes, reorganisations, that has huge ramifications for people. And this is a time of re-evaluation. At the same time, it's a time of quite a lot of potential disruption, concern, etc. Yeah, a part of of day-to-day life for a lot of people, really. So when you're working with clients who are are in in situations similar to this, what sort of approach do you take with them? Well, you could start off... And they'll be saying, I've got the sense that I'm not comfortable or I'm feeling dissatisfied or I get the feeling things aren't as they should be. And then and then I'm thinking of an approach to try and nail that down for them, to give them some kind of way of uh, understanding what's happening in their career. And one of the ways to do that is by helping them to make um, to make a comparison. So instead of asking the question, so what do you do? I ask them to come up with a doings list or say, so what are you doing to help them think about the activities that they're engaged with and the kinds of outcomes that are emerging from their activities. And then to do that both in terms of what they're doing at the moment, but also what they were doing previously and to see how they feel about talking about those two sets of activities. So um, what happens when you step into your own TARDIS and go back to the start of your career? Well, that's a very interesting question. So let me give let me give you two sets of doings lists then. Uh, so the purpose of this is I'm going to be telling you what I was doing and what was happening for me at the time. Yeah. So let's go back uh, back at the very beginning of my career when I, I worked for ten years in a social security office. All kinds of things happened in social security offices, and as I think as uh, as we've talked uh, privately before, in terms of a career choice, this wasn't necessarily the best thing to, to do. But career choice wasn't the main thing that was motivating me. So if you're asking me to go back in my TARDIS, I'm stepping out my TARDIS. It's in the 1980s. I'm in a, in a security, social security office. And I'm telling you in that moment of time, that period of time, what am I doing? So here's what I'm doing. Um, I'm managing a small team of people. I'm paying money to people who have no other source of income. I am influencing the way the unit I'm a part of is organized. And I'm meeting all kinds of different people. So I'm meeting people who've lived on state support for a number of years. I'm meeting entrepreneurs who've just been hit by recession, uh, people who've lost their businesses, people who'd used their houses as collateral for their businesses and now are threat of being homeless. Um, I'm meeting some small-time crooks. 
Uh, I'm meeting one person in particular who's on the run from a terrorist organization who we're supporting. I'm meeting refugees. I'm meeting in between jobs in short of in need of short term financial support. And I'm meeting people with disabilities and mental health challenges. And I suppose the, 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 the question that I could also be asking myself then is, so what is this time for? So if I'm answering that question from having stepped out of my TARDIS back in the 1980s, I'd be saying this time, what's this time for? It's to help me put some um, money in the bank account so that I can do other things in Cambridge outside of work because my life priorities didn't involve work at that time. So that would answer the question, what am I doing back in the 80s and what's that time for? Okay. And as you sit now in the 2020s, what's your reflection on that in hindsight? Now that's really interesting because the, the the hindsight issue kind of hit me some years later when I'd moved to Leeds uh, with my family. I'd put more emphasis on my career, quite an interesting, very career. And I remember a, a particular conversation I was having with with a colleague who was doing some some work, uh, some government work, and his background was private sector. And he was sort of comparing notes with me about life in the private sector and life in the public sector. And at one point he said to me, he said, Jeff, do you know one of your, one of your great strengths? Uh, one of your great strengths is that you're very good at not just seeing the big picture, the strategic stuff, which we're working on, but you're also very good at seeing on how that affects individuals. And I kind of looked at him slightly bemused and said, yeah, and? He said, well, actually, that's quite unusual. He said, particularly in the sector that, that he'd come from, he said people are either very good on, th on the strategic stuff or they're very good at em empathising and looking at the detail, but bringing the two together in a way that influences the way policies and procedures are developed and then applied, he said, that's quite unusual. And then he said, why don't you come and work in the private sector? You'll probably get a lot more done a lot more quickly. Well, he was right in that respect, which is one of the reasons I do what I do now. Um, but that was very interesting because it then got me thinking about those 10 years in that social security office. And I'm thinking, so with hindsight, what was that time for? It really did help me see across a very broad range of people how a variety of different policies set in, in Whitehall had an impact on individuals, what it really meant for them in their individual lives, and particularly the way different policies worked together to influence people. And one of the big challenges working in a policy unit in government is you think about your policy area, but not necessarily, it is quite difficult to think about the, the aggregate impact of what you do and what other departments are doing as well. And that is a real challenge, it's a genuine challenge. Um, but helping to see all that from the perspective of an individual at the end of the policy uh, was actually was actually a very powerful thing. And I really value that. Uh, in retrospect, I really value that experience. So I suppose if you were going to ask me back in you know, 10 years or so ago and I'm talking to my to my ex-colleague, what's this time for when you're working in a when I was working across government projects? Um, working on some particularly complex areas of delivery. So the things I was doing then, yeah, again, I was thinking more strategically and policy impacts. That's what I'm doing. But it's bringing together, I think, that that current experience and my past experience to have uh, a particular impact in the present moment. Oh, that's really interesting where it's just making me think that I've worked in the past with uh, 
quite a number of grad schemes and uh, new grads coming into a business along career development pathways. And one of the things that was a huge challenge to deal with was uh, the impatience of, of those new grads for the next promotion to get to the next zonal level. We had a quite a structured approach to wanting people to experience different parts of the business. So like you're talking about of experiencing that social security office and, 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 and knowing what goes on and knowing the impacts of it. It's about working in different parts of a business, experiencing it, building that understanding to then have such a strong basis for growing and developing beyond that. And the, the grads coming in who got that and I guess in effect were prepared to invest that time at the, at the start of their career in building those skills and, and understanding. Um, I can think of so many examples where they, you know, they've gone on to really senior positions in organisations. I, I also saw where there were ones who were so impatient and, and perhaps attracted by the opportunity to increase salary quickly by, by moving somewhere else, where there are a few conversations I had with people actually who've done that, who on reflection sort of actually, you know what, I kind of wish I hadn't, but it was so hard at the time. And it's, it's just making you think that it, it's that challenge of how you look at your time when, you, when, you, when you're young and, and, and so driven to want to, to develop a career, isn't it? And, and knowing how best to, to invest that time. The thought that comes to mind when you're, you're talking about that is, so there's a point in your career where you're learning and you're developing and you can think of that in terms of the skills that you need or the relationships that you need to build for your future career but it's interesting you use the word patience which makes me think about different different phases in our life which in retrospect are phases which enable us to develop certain aspects of character and i think um you know having the time to look back and have perspective on life i think there's can help people who are younger to think in terms of so what are the what are the character foundations that you can develop here which will stand you in good stead for the for the future and did did that come up explicitly in the kind of work you're doing with mentors was it was it kind of was it kind of implicit in your in your mentoring work to a degree it did come up explicitly because what we would do is we would focus on competencies so not just technical competencies to do a job but all of the group of softer skills confident uh, competences to to do a role the different aspects of that foundation building were as much around developing those softer skills and that understanding as they were about developing technical competence and and to what extent do you, do you feel you were you were helping your mentees aren't really answer the question for themselves what is this time for to really understand that I think the role of a, of a mentor in that situation is to, to give context and perspective because, yeah, I mean, I remember it, you know, when I was first in the organisation, you know, it was literally, you wanted to know what, what the next job up was and, you know, there was a bit about how quickly you can move there and you're in a competitive environment and I'm quite a competitive person. So, you know, it was, there's a strong drive there and, you know, you'll see one person move and, and all this. So, that, so the whole environment puts pressures and, and expectations and demands and, 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 and on you. And I think the real importance of, a, uh, of, of having a mentor at that time is just, it's, it's a bit like that coaching conversation, isn't it? It's, it's, it's where you have a trusted relationship 
where you can have a clean conversation about exploring what's best for you and uh, you're meant to sharing sharing concepts that they have just based on their experience to help you make your decisions so the three questions that come to come to mind when you're thinking about doing uh where you can ask what are you doing what are you really doing and what does that make what makes this worth doing and so think thinking back you know possibly in terms of you, your work with um with with graduates I'm thinking how those questions could have applied. So there also is that sort of headline question. So what are you doing? What's going on? What you know? What are the activities you engage with? And then what are you really doing? Are you are you just getting ready for your next job, or are you really preparing for a career? And then the slightly deeper question: What makes what makes this worth doing? I like them because I think it encourages you to think outside of the day to day. And I think it clears away some of the uh, the noise of the you know the competitiveness. The you know I must be on the on the, uh, this the same trajectory as all my you know peers from university or whatever that is. And I think it helps you to focus on you as the individual. So here's a thought then. So in in terms of this podcast, what's this time for that we're putting into this and putting this stuff together? What would you say to that? I think it's about it's about doing something that's actually quite good fun. I, I I really enjoy it and really enjoy the conversation. So if we go back to our previous pod on on time where we talked about that thing of in how much of your day are you in doing something you enjoy and you know that's fulfilling you in some way, then this is something that I really enjoy doing. I think it's something that's a, a, an accessible reference there that's useful for people to uh, tap into in in quite an easy way and not a huge amount of time commitment to hopefully get something that is just a, oh yeah, that actually, I think about that a little bit more. That'd be, uh, that's my perspective. What about what's yours? Uh, well, yeah, all, all of those things, I'd say. I I mean, I'm at that point in my career where I'm thinking about, there's lots and lots of stuff that I've learned and there's lots of really interesting people I've met who've got lots of stuff that they've learned. Is there some way of bringing this together to make it accessible to other people i think podcasting is a really interesting way of doing that because our our business is based around conversations uh, and also it's an awful lot easier than writing a book uh, yeah i'd be absolutely with you on that what makes this worth doing it's the uh, it's the sense of being able to take some really really valuable experiences to uh, to crystallize those to digest those uh, to synthesize those and to, to present them in a way that uh, hopefully other people will find um, accessible, useful and practical. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Because as a coach, as I, you, you work with people to help. We work with people to help people. But also we learn so, so, so much from our clients. And I think there's one of the things through, I've noticed through these podcasts, how often I've, if not actually speaking it, then in my head referred back to things that I've learned from working with my clients. And it's quite a nice way because within the nature of that conversation, you're having a confidential conversation, you typically don't share things. Um, but actually, this is quite a nice way of sharing some of those insights in a in a completely um, not not that not breaking any confidences kind of way. Uh, and and there's, there's, a, there's a, such a wealth of insight in there. I think so. I think so. Well, we're getting towards the end of our time. 
So thank you for your engagement over these last two sessions. So if I if I have my thought to leave with our listeners, I would bring together something you said last time and something we've talked about now. Uh, so I would say have a have a think about the things that you're doing, which you find really exciting and energizing, and ask yourself the question: What's that for? What's it really for? And what makes it worth doing? That would be my thought. One for you. Honestly, I would. I think that's a great thing to leave the listeners with, and and, and I would add. I would add nothing more to that. Okay, we'll call that one all in. <laughs> All right, thank you for your time, thank you for listening, and we will be back with something new and different the next time that we publish a podcast. So all the best. Bye now. Thank you. Bye.